rock of ages, sing along. A rock of ages, cleanse for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded body flow. Be a friend double care. Stay from Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can gather here today as family of God in this place, Father. I pray for your word as it's preached that it will not return unto you void, but that there will be souls saved, Father. There will be people presenting themselves for baptism, people who need to join the church, Father. I just pray, Lord, that your word will be blessed today, Father. Bless, bless the service. Bless everything that's said here today, Lord. For asking in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen and amen. And if you're able to turn to hymn 314, hymn 314. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. We'll do all verses. Hymn 314, hymn 314. Nothing but the blood.
Amen. And it's because of the blood we can lean on his everlasting arms, lean on the everlasting arms, hymn 601, hymn 601, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. What a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arm. I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all of us. I'm leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way leaning on the everlasting arms oh how bright the path grows from day to day leaning on the everlasting arms I'm leaning leaning safe and secure from all of us I'm Amen. At this time, you may be seated. <laughs> we just don't know what we're doing, but we're in church, praise the Lord. Amen. We're leaning around is what we're doing. All right. It's good to see you. Welcome to our afternoon service. Thank you for being here. I want to encourage you that if you didn't get a copy of the bulletin, uh, please pick one up. I believe there are two or three. That's all that's left out there on the table. But uh, Look at some of the things in there. I don't cover everything in the announcements, but I do want to remind you about Homeless No More Baptist Church. We're taking up no, uh, donations for their uh, paper products, amen, so that we can be a blessing to them when they're here in, on March 18th preaching when the pastor will be here preaching for us at our, our little uh, conference. And then don't forget about uh, Ladies Bible Study this Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, studying the book of Ezra. Uh, you don't have to be a member of the church, ladies, to come. Just all you have to do is be a lady. Amen. No fellows that think they're ladies. Amen. Just ladies. Uh, and uh, come and be a part of that at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then don't forget soul winning next Saturday at 930 in the morning. If you can come be with us if the weather will uh, uh, cooperate. Boy, it was a beautiful sunshiny afternoon a few moments ago. Yes, and it's yes. raining cats and dogs. I heard them screaming and wailing out there. And so, uh, but you just never know here in Texas what's going to happen. So if the weather is inclement, what'd you say? Sure. If that's what you want to say, if it ain't no good, then <laughs> we won't have, uh, we won't have soul winning. Amen. Uh, don't forget about our senior luncheon. It's our very first uh, uh, time of ever doing this. Uh, all adults 50 and, uh, and above are invited to attend, uh, and you could be 100 and come, amen. I don't think anybody's that high yet, but I know that uh, some are trying to get there. Uh, but uh, from ages 50 and above, you're invited to attend our first ever senior luncheon. Uh, that'll be on February 17th at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. On, that's a Saturday, and if you'd like to come, please sign up uh, in the, in the uh, foyer there's on the bulletin board. Uh, and if you're not a senior and you'd be willing to help assist with the lunch, please see uh, Miss Mallory over here, and she'll be happy to help you do that. Or Mrs. White, they'll help you uh, sign up for that. So that's all I'm going to say out of that. And so I want to encourage you to give now for our offering. Pastor, you come as we for the offering. Are y'all alive and well this afternoon? You look uh, you look alive a little bit. You know, uh, we need some. We need some really peppy songs to finish this up, you know, so we can make sure y'all are awake and moving this morning or this afternoon. So, but uh, we're gonna give you a chance to stand up and uh, and ever uh, does uh, everybody have something put in the offering? I need a dollar. My dad used to do this. You know, they do they uh, a wave offering is scriptural. Wave offering, yeah. Yeah. I need a dollar. Everybody get a dollar. 
Everybody get a dollar. Everybody get a dollar. At least a dollar. Let me say it that way. Everybody get at least a dollar. All right, come on. I'm, we're having a wave offering. Now, when they did this in the Old Testament, everybody had to be involved. Amen. Well, they don't look not no dollar. You got to borrow one. You got to borrow your dollar. Somebody give Brother Aaron a dollar. Brother Aaron spent all his money on donuts today. I don't have a dollar. Why not? Huh? Check for business five. What? Okay. All right. Okay. Everybody in the sound booth got a dollar? All right. All right. Here we go. Now, 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 in a wave offering, you know, a wave offering, you know what you do with a wave offering? You wave it. Amen. All right. So now everybody's got a dollar. Now we're going to receive an offering, amen? Amen, I mean, you know, it's okay. We can have fun giving, amen. God loves it. If, and if you're going to be a cheerful giver, you need to have a good time giving it, amen? amen? So, oh yeah, John, I was going to say, who gave me that dollar? John did, all right? Brother Shelton, they give it back to you later, okay? <laughs> but let's pray, and then uh, we're going to have an offering. And, and if, you have, if you have just waived your offering, come and give it. If you can't make it, then give it to somebody to put it in for you, all right? Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Pray that you bless this offering. Uh, bless the gift and the giver. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. If we're able to rise, we'd love for you to join us in singing hymn 238, hymn 238, This Is the Day. Hymn 238, This Is the Day. This is not the hour, it's not the minute, it's the day. <laughs> this is the day.
chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saved you by his grace, and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace. At this time, we would like for you to greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon's session. It was so vast, the crossing I could never afford. From where I was to his domain, well, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come to So he came to me. He came to me when I could not come to where he was. He came to me. That's why he died. chains of sin. He came to me when I possessed no hope within. He picked me up and he gently drew me to his side. Where today in his sweet love 
Exodus chapter 11, Exodus chapter 11, while you're turning there, let me remind our choir, please, choir, make sure you keep your eye on the, the singing schedule, okay? Uh, everybody look, next week it's Grace Quartet Men's Trio, I don't know who the Grace Quartet is, but... Make sure you get with Brother Will and practice and <clears throat> get a sound check. Brother Tracy's here pretty much on every Saturday morning. So if you can coordinate with him and Brother Will and get that uh, sound check and everything like that, get your song practiced up, ready to go, we'll make sure that everybody's ready to, ready to roll. I, I, don't like to, I don't like spare the minute thing. Anybody got a special they like to sing, y'all come on up. Uh, no, we don't do it that way. No, we. Uh, anyway, I won't even get off of that. God said decent land in order. I'll put it. I'll let. I'll let the Lord say it. That's not decent or in order. <laughs> amen. Exodus chapter eleven. <clears throat> Found your place. Say amen. Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence. Uh, when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence uh, altogether. All Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor, and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver, jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the, uh, the uh, Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I... Go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that's behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move, uh, excuse me, shall not a dog move his tongue uh, against man or beast that you may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee. And after that I will go out. And, the, and he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Dear Father, I pray that you'd help me this afternoon. Again, I need your strength, Lord, and your help, God, to, uh, to preach the message, Lord, that you laid upon my heart. I pray, God, that you'd help me to preach it with liberty and the power of the Spirit of God this afternoon. Thank you for our folks, God, that have come this afternoon. Thank you, Lord, for them putting you first, God, today. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for uh, a people, Lord, that there's still some that still want to do the right thing. And I, I'm thankful for, again, for our folks, Lord. I love them, and I'm thankful, God, that you've allowed me to be here to be their pastor today. Help me, God, to be the pastor you'd have me to be. Help me to be the preacher that you would have me to be, Lord, and, and uh, stay in the context of your word. And I give you praise in Jesus' name, and amen. You may be seated. 
at this point, or excuse me, from the point that God uh, called Moses to confront Pharaoh, from the very beginning that all this has started, uh, we have seen the conduct and character of both Pharaoh and Moses. Uh, On the one hand, Pharaoh has shown himself to be changeable, faithless, careless, Uh, not only careless of himself, but he's been careless of his people. Uh, he's been rude, he's been, and he's been violent. While Moses, on the other hand, he's been consistent. And if you think about it and read, he's been dignified, patriotic, bold, been courageous. Uh, in fact, Moses has been regarded, if you read there, that the Bible says that he's been regarded by the Egyptian people as very great. So God has really, uh, you know, lifted Moses up in all this, but it's because Moses has conducted himself wisely. And, and, and you know as well as I do that character, our crisis brings out the character in people. Amen. Amen. Uh, at, at the approach of danger, you know, bad people, if you will, they, they get rash, they get reckless, uh, they often get cowardly, and they hesitate, and they become unstable. Amen. Uh, during the quiet times, uh, you know, defects, you, you can't see them. They, defects escape notice, which becomes evident and unmistakable, though when a man, when we face difficulties, all those defects, they begin to show up. Uh, a lot of king and a lot of people have reigned and ruled uh, with credit, that is, until crisis came. Actually, when I think of that, uh, I think of the video that they showed at 9-11 when uh, uh President Bush at that time was sitting in that classroom and uh, he was sitting in that chair in front of all those kids and uh, they brought him news of the planes crashing into those buildings. Listen, I'm telling you, he was calm, cool, and collected. He didn't lose it right there. You know, he didn't jump up and run out of the room. Listen, he he caught a lot of uh, havoc over that. But, you know, I want you to understand, we need to under, realize that when crisis comes, we need to respond in a way that, uh, that, that shows the character that we have, but it also shows that, that God is in control and God's going to take care of us, but we must respond in a way that brings Him glory. And I think that's what Moses has done through all this. But a lot of king has reigned uh, with credit and, you know, pats on the back and all those things until a crisis comes and then... And then uh, when crisis comes, they often lose their reputation. And the reason being is because their character could not bear the the strain of the crisis at hand. So Moses here, though, shows his character. He's firm, he's resolute, and he's steadfast, he's unmovable. And and the things that God has him take to Pharaoh, uh, he is unflinching. But he is also, he has a calm demeanor. He's un, he is unfailing in his persistence. And, and God uses him. And as a result, we see that, again, he comes, becomes a, a very great in the eyes of the Egyptians. <clears throat> now, here in, in verse 1, God tells us, uh, God tells Moses, he said, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Now, up to this point, Pharaoh has had every opportunity to do the right thing. He has had every opportunity to uh, yield to the uh, commands of God with a whole lot less pressure and a whole lot uh, less severe conditions. Uh, The previous plagues, they gave Pharaoh an opportunity to do freely at that point what he is about to do now uh, out of uh, extreme compulsion from God himself. Uh, Pharaoh has up to this time, if you think about it, he's really had his way in all these things. He's had his way with every situation. Uh, even though the land of Egypt, up, uh, by now, it is completely decimated. That, the the, the uh, land of Egypt, I mean, with all the hail, the rain, and all those other plagues that God has sent, listen, there's not a whole lot left. Uh, and, and, and at this point, now think about it, with, with all the land of Egypt decimated and everything in turmoil, if you will, uh, if Pharaoh lets these, uh, I, I'll, if you go back and look, uh, there's probably about 2 million workers, Israelite workers, slaves uh, in the land at this time. And, now, and if he lets them go, who's going to rebuild Egypt? 
You remember Brother Stewart talking about the other day when the rapture takes place that this country as we know it is not going to look like this. You're talking about millions of people being gone at the snap of a finger. Uh, I'm talking about uh, uh, welders, and I'm talking, I'm talking about guys that are out there, uh, trash collectors, all these kind of guys, truck drivers, uh, pilots, doctors, nurses. Uh, listen, this, this country, no wonder, no wonder the U.S. is not even mentioned during the pro- uh, prophecy times. Now, I, I mean, that, in my thinking, you're talking about millions of people gone in a moment. This country will as well be decimated. Well, Egypt is also a country that has been decimated by the plagues of God. And if he lets all these people go, then there's not going to be anybody left to rebuild. I mean, after all, who's going to do the work? The Egyptians? They probably haven't done any up to this point. Uh, But God says, uh, he tells Moses, Moses, you tell Pharaoh, I'm going to do one plague more. This is going to be the final stroke. That word stroke literally means that the hand of God is going to come down upon Egypt. Listen, and I'm telling you, and it will, it will literally decimate it, uh, Egypt even further. But notice verse 1, it says that when God does this, that, he will, that the people, that Pharaoh will thrust out the Israelites. Now, I want you to see the command uh, to ask from the Egyptians that Moses is sent for. First, you see the request. Uh, the Israelites are supposed to borrow. Now, that word borrow doesn't mean like, can I borrow this for a little while and I'll bring it. No, that's not what that means. That means to ask for. Uh, God says, listen, you go tell them to ask for from the Egyptians. You ask from them. If you, you go back and read chapter 3 and verse 22, and, and you can also go over in chapter 12, verse 35 and verse 36, uh, where it says that go ask the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. And that God's going to make these uh, Israelites be entitled, if you will, or uh, in in favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And I'll say this too, by the way, that the Israelites, they are entitled to have all this stuff. They've worked for it. They may not have gotten it. I mean, they've been slaves for these some 400 years. Uh, But listen, in a sense, it's payback. They're going to get back pay for everything they've done, and God's going to make sure they get it. But there's reasons why. Now, let me say this real quick. God's not just giving it to the uh, Jews so that they can stick it in their pocket and then be rich. There's a purpose for all that. All right. Same thing for me and you. God doesn't put money in our pocket all the time just for he can make us wealthy and rich and comfortable. There's a purpose for it. Amen. Uh, We're going to see that later. Uh, but, but the main reason, if you go back and read it, the, the, literally the reason they get it is because the Lord hath need of it. Uh, notice, uh, in, look at the response here. If you'll skip over to chapter 12 and, and look in verse 36. Chapter 12, verse 36, it says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required. Now look at the last phrase. And they spoiled the Egyptians. Listen, that word spoil means they got just about got everything. Yeah, there, I mean, there wasn't much left. But after about what they're going to go, the Egyptians are going to go through, they're going to be glad to give it because of what's going on. So the plague is going to be influential in leading the Egyptians to give of their wealth to the Israelites. Anything, that, I mean, anything to get them out of Egypt, they're willing to give it. And God's going to incline their hearts and the Egyptians are going to be willing to part with their valuables because of what's about to happen. The Israelites were the reason that the land of Egypt is in ruin. The Israelites are the reason that that the Egyptian economy has tanked. But the ultimate fault is because of Pharaoh himself, because he has not relented and, and let the children of Israel go just like God wanted them to do right at the, right at the beginning. And folks, so, but remember, Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 1, it says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Listen, God's still running things here, just like he ran things there. You can call it global cli- uh, you know, climate control, global climate or whatever it is, global warming, whatever those. Are. Listen, but I'm telling you, God's still in control. And as long as that God wants this whole world to be around, it's going to be around. And by the way, it's going to be around until the day of judgment. That's what Scripture says. 
So God sends these, the Israelites and he tells them, listen, you go in and you ask the Egyptians uh, for, for jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. Now look in verse 3. We see the greatness of Moses. Just a few minutes ago, I talked about how Egypt thought that Moses was a, a great man. And, and that's, those words, very great, simply means that he had a lot of influence in the land of Egypt. Uh, and I believe, listen, the, the Egyptians, they, they watched Moses. I think they knew who he was. He had been there before. And so now he's back, but in a different role. I think they saw him when he walked out of uh, the, the palace of Pharaoh during the hailstorm. Listen, they're watching him, and they're watching him. And listen, and it's still hailing out there. And he told Pharaoh, if you remember, I'm going to go out. When I get outside the city limits, it'll stop hailing. So he's got to leave the palace where he's been there talking to Pharaoh. So he leaves. And listen, it's not hitting on him. Why? Because he's God's man. God's going to take care of him. I'm telling you that, listen, God's going to take care of you and me. And, and they, and, but they watch the, him, and they watch you and me too to see what kind of, uh, of character and, and godly integrity that we show to the world in times of crisis. We're seeing this here. Moses was a very influential individual, and I believe he's influential because he's faithful. Who's going to listen to somebody who's not faithful? I'm not. I mean, who's going to listen to somebody? Uh, are you going to go to somebody that's, uh, well, let me ask it a different way. If you, want to know, if you want to hear what you want to hear, you'll go talk to somebody who's not obedient and who's not faithful. But if you want to get the truth, something that will really help you, you're going to go talk to somebody who is, a, who is a godly individual, who is faithful and who is obedient, and someone that you know that you've watched just like they've watched Moses, someone that you've watched uh, over the months and over the years, and somebody that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is a godly individual. Yeah, that's who I'm going to because the Bible says copper sharpeneth iron. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it says iron sharpens iron. If I want to be better, I'm going to hang around somebody better than me. Amen. So I believe he's uh, very great because he's faithful. I think he's been obedient to say what God has told him to say. Listen, he didn't change God's word to fit the moment. He didn't change God's word to fit the culture of the day. And it's really no wonder, I was thinking about this the other day when I was writing the message, I, I, it's no wonder today that people don't believe that there is an absolute truth. I mean, they don't believe it because there's so many different Bible versions. You know, and I looked this up, I didn't realize there was this many, but did you know that there are over 100 different English Bible versions on the market today? 100 no wonder that people today that have not grown up that's a little bit older and a little bit more seasoned than the, than the younger generation, no wonder that they don't believe in absolute truth. Why? Because there's a hundred different Bibles out there. Which one is the truth? Well, I've got good news. I've got a, a one that's tried and true, one that's been proven, one that stood the test of time, and it's in our King James 1611 Bible. Amen. Listen, I, I believe that God, if he can preserve uh, this place, if he can uh, uh, make a man live inside the belly of a fish for three days, he can do this, amen. If he can raise uh, two dead boys from the, uh, from the uh, bed of Elijah and Elisha, surely he can preserve this. If he can, listen, if he can make the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, if he can create all this out of nothing, surely he can Keep us and give us a preserved word of Almighty God. So no wonder people today doubt that there's absolute truth. And so here's Moses. God says, Moses, you go tell Pharaoh this. And Moses goes right over here to Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh exactly what God told him to say. Can I tell you, that's exactly what we need to do today. It's about the truth. It's about truth. Uh, and, and anyway, we we gotta we gotta get back to that. I've I've had people question me quite a bit the last month or so about things, and I said, listen, I'm just telling you, I just want to try to tell you the truth. It doesn't benefit me any to, to not tell you the truth, 
And it's certainly not going to benefit me anything to try to tell you something that you may want to hear if it's not the truth. So we just tell the truth. So Moses was faithful and obedient even when it was hard to do so. Look in verses 4 through 10. Moses warned Pharaoh. And this was Moses, or this was, yeah, this was Moses' final uh, address or final warning to Pharaoh. And by the way, Pharaoh has rejected all the other ones. Um, and he's going to do the same thing this time. Uh, I, I believe today Pharaoh is doing that because he does not fear God in his heart. Yeah. Even after, you see, and that's what, my, even after seeing all this other stuff, I mean, how could, they, how could he not? Well, how many times have we seen the hand of God's move in our own lives and we still doubt him? How many times have we seen God bless when we didn't think there was a blessing coming and he, got, and he delivers and then we still, when the, the next crisis comes or the next trial comes, we, we waver. Uh, here's here's uh, Pharaoh. Uh, he, he's not going to listen. He doesn't fear God, and he doesn't take Moses' word serious. And listen, we got to get back to taking God serious. You know, it's something, that, and I, again, I appreciate you folks coming and being faithful, but listen, we got to try to encourage our other people to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't mean this in a critical way, but I'm telling you, you know why folks don't, they're, they're not faithful? Same reason Pharaoh didn't listen to Moses. They don't fear God. It boils down to a matter of the heart. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Yeah. Uh, So he's going to reject Moses again. And uh, and as a result, watch, Pharaoh's going to cause the finest young men in the land to die. In fact, he's going to cause his own firstborn to die. Listen, he's going to bring all this on his people. So two questions. One, why only the firstborn? Second question is, uh, was God just uh, in doing this, when, doing this when Pharaoh was the culprit, why is God doing it to everybody when it's Pharaoh, the one that's keeping it, making it all happen? Well, let me answer the, the first one. By answering the, uh, the second one. In most cultures, if you know this, the firstborn sons are considered special. Okay? Uh, in Egypt, they were considered sacred. Big difference. And you remember, God calls Israel his firstborn. Look, look turn over to Exodus chapter 4. I thought this was pretty neat. Exodus chapter 4. And look in verse 22. We'll read verse 23 as well. It says, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son. Even my, what? My firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, here it is, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Listen, God told him way sooner than what this is. At the very beginning of their, their conflict, Moses warned Pharaoh that the way uh, he treated God's firstborn is going to determine how God's going to treat Egypt's firstborn. Yeah. Uh, you remember Pharaoh tried to kill all the, the Jewish male babies? Re- remember? Uh, his officers, you remember, they, they mistreated the Jewish slaves, I mean, and, uh, and, and, and killing the firstborn, throwing them out into the, the, the river. The Lord, right now, he is simply paying back Pharaoh with his own currency. If you remember, listen, compensate, turn over to Matthew. Let me show you now, Matthew chapter 7, and look in verse 1 and 2. Compensation is a fundamental law of life. Matthew chapter 7, look in verse 1 and 2. Now, people use this verse, they take it way out of context a lot. But it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. 
and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Let me say it again. Compensation is a fundamental law of life. And God is not unjust in permitting this law, think about it, to operate in this world. He's not unjust. Think about it. Pharaoh has drowned the Jewish baby. So now God is going to, listen, when they let him go, God's going to drown the, the, the Pharaoh's army. Jacob lied to his father Isaac, and years later, guess what? Jacob's sons, they lied to him. David committed adultery and, 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 and had the woman's husband murdered. And now, and watch, and David's daughter was raped. Two of his sons were murdered. Haman built a gallows. He was going to hang Mordecai on it. But it was Haman who was hanged there instead, not, not Mordecai. Yeah. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. We know this one well. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Listen, you, you, if you, sow, if you sow, sow wickedness, you're going to reap wickedness. But listen, but in the same instance, if we sow righteousness, we'll reap it. If we sow right things and do right things, we're going to reap. God will repay us with our same currency. Yeah. Uh, so here's Pharaoh, and he's not going to listen. But you remember... God is just in doing everything. Psalms 89 and verse 14, it says, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Listen, and so, and, and people wonder, is God just in killing all these? Listen, God is always just. He's always righteous. And only God knows the human heart. I can't look at Brother Shelton and know what's in his heart. I can't look at Brother Marco and not, only God knows their heart. Only God knows your heart. But listen, just as, just as God knows our heart, he knows your heart and you know your heart. And we know, just like this morning when the invitation is given, that whether people come or whether they do not come, listen, they know their heart. They, they know their need, spiritually speaking. So here's Pharaoh. He's, he's determined. Uh, not to let them go, but now watch this. I want you to see this. Moses uh, uh, tells him that the firstborn is going to is going to die. But but you, when you think about the firstborn being uh, uh, sacred or special, when you read Genesis, you find that God often rejected the firstborn son, and oftentimes He chose the next son to carry on the family line and and receive God's blessing. Uh, for example, God chose Abel. Then Seth, but not Cain. God chose Shem, not Japheth. Isaac, not Ishmael. And Jacob, and not Esau. And these choices, when God does things like that, it just lets us know that God is sovereign. He's in control. And He knows what He's doing. And we can see this all through here. But also, I think this is interesting. We, we need to understand that when we talk, see how God... Uh, didn't choose the firstborn in all these instances, we also, in our own life, we must experience a second birth, a spiritual birth. Why? Because our first birth is not acceptable to God. The firstborn son represents humanity's very best, but that's not good enough for a holy and a righteous God. But listen, when I was kidding around this morning and said, uh, are you washed in the water? Listen, it is not the water. Amen. It's the blood. Uh, listen, it, there has to be a, a blood sacrifice. And I'm thankful today that the Lord Jesus Christ was that perfect sacrifice and died on the cross for our sin. But listen, our first birth is not going to get us into heaven. Are you saved? Well, I've been good. Well, are you saved? Well, I, I'm nice to other people. Are you saved? Well, I've done a lot of good things in my life. Listen, that the first birth don't work. Just like God rejected the firstborn of these, he shows that, listen, there's, there's got to be a second birth. The first birth we inherit, listen, we inherited from Adam's sinful nature. Look in Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51, and, and, and look in verse 5 and 6. It says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Listen, when we're born, we are born doomed. We're sinful creatures. We're headed for a devil's hell. But I'm thankful that because that we have that a second birth, that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're not just made over. No, we're brand new. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we get that through accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So Pharaoh and the Egyptian people, watch, they sinned against a flood of light. They, they insulted God's mercy. When I think about this, they know what's right. They've, watched, they've had the Israelites. I know that all the Israelites weren't doing the right thing, but there was a lot of them that did. And they knew, uh, listen, even when the plague started, they knew that there was a God in heaven. They knew that there was a God that was causing all of these things to take place. They, and they, yet they send it away. How much today do you watch people who know the truth, but they still choose to live a lie? They still choose to live in a way that goes, uh, that is completely contrary to the word of Almighty God. It's right here. Why would they do that? They know. You know what's happened? They sin against a, listen, against an innumerable amount of light. They step over it. Listen, if you go to hell, or anybody for that matter, you know what they're going to do? They're going to step right over the gospel. They're going to step right over the light, the, 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 the word of God that's a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. They're going to step right over it, and they're going to choose to walk straight into a hell. I don't need that. I know what it says, but, you know, y'all go ahead and live that way. That don't bother me. If you don't bother me, I won't bother you. Listen, it's our responsibility to bother them. It's our responsibility to tell them the truth. If your neighbor's house caught on fire, would you go tell them? Well, that's not my responsibility. Not my house is burning. Man, I'm good. My chickens are in the coop. <laughs> Amen. I got, I mean, everything's good. And, you know, I just sat down, my feet are up. It's all good. Somebody will call fire department. And we sit right right there and watch them, watch your house burn to a cinder. Listen, same thing about people dying and going to hell. You know, it's our responsibility to tell them. Friend or foe. You know, I would rather them be mad at me one day when we stand before God and, 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 and them people say, you know, why didn't you tell me about Christ? Why didn't you share with me the gospel? You're a, you're, you're a deacon in a church. You, you're there every Sunday. You, you go on Wednesdays and you go knock doors. Why didn't you tell me? I would rather them be mad at me today than then. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather them slam the door in my face today than me wait one day and, and stand in judgment because we didn't tell them. So here's Pharaoh. And the Egyptian people, they, they sin against a flood of light. They insult God's mercy. And the Lord, up to this point, he's been long-suffering. Would you not say he's been long-suffering up to this place? Yeah. Not just in the last 10, 10 plagues, but for 400 years. He's been merciful and he's been long-suffering. All right. God warned Pharaoh a lot of times, but he's not going to submit. And he's going to harden his heart. Proverbs 29, 1, it says... He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Boy, that's simply saying, listen, when something happens, you ever seen somebody that passed away, and it's like, wow, man, I thought they were all good. I, I, I just, I can't believe it. That's what that's talking about. Somebody one day that, that, that people that, that continue to sin, and the Bible says, and being often reproved, the Holy Spirit of God comes to them and say, listen, why don't you get saved? Why don't you get right? You know where you can go. Why don't you talk to Shelton? He'll tell you how to get saved. No, not today. I'll wait. Listen, 
shall be destroyed suddenly, and that without remedy, no help. Jehovah, think about it, he had publicly humiliated all these Egyptian gods and, and proved himself to be the only true and living God, yet, yet this whole nation would not believe. They, they followed Pharaoh. Ecclesiastes 8, 11, it says this, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You know, when I, I, I read that, I, I, I think about, and I, I'm, I just, this is just a vivid picture in my mind when about those uh, young men that beat that cop up in New York. And then they were released. Them boys were released and they mocked our country with, their, with what, the way they reacted. Walked right out. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Well, but one day, God's justice grinds slow, but it grinds fine, and it'll come. And one of these days, he's going to set everything right. I was talking to Carly and John a while ago about, you know, sometimes folks get the thought, you know, I, I, you know if the Lord, we say things like, well, I've just seen the Lord come back today. But it's inevitable. There's always someone that says, you know, I'd like to hang around a little bit more. Not me. Listen, we've got to get in our mind about what's coming. I'm not talking about on. I'm not talking about during the tribulation period. I'm talking about for us. You understand that that what God has prepared for us. This is diddly. It's not a drop in the bucket of what God has prepared for us. And listen, it is going to be so amazing. We'll probably spend the first hundred thousand years just standing around with our mouth open. Man, I didn't know it could be like, well, it's going to be just like that. Nothing here ought to have that kind of pull on us. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. But I don't want them to spend another day than they have to in this place. Yeah. God's mercy should have brought Pharaoh to his knees, but instead uh, Pharaoh uh, continued to harden his heart. Pharaoh's officials, if you read and I believe it's in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 8. They humbled themselves before Moses. And I thought, well, why couldn't Pharaoh follow their example? Why? Why is, I mean, there's going to be literally thousands of firstborn dead in just a little while. But it's the, the, the very thing that we've said from the beginning that kept him from doing it. P-R-I-D-E, pride. P-R-I-D-E, pride. You know what the pride's going to do? It's going to bring, bring the stroke of the hand of God down on Pharaoh and the Egyptian people. Yeah. But remember Proverbs 16 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And, and, and I know that, uh, and I trust that you you do this, and it's uh, again. I'll throw this out here. You do with it what you think God may want you to do. Uh, but I think that's the very thing that keeps people from coming to an altar, or coming to the pew, or or, or coming to pray. Somewhere deep down, it's a pride thing. Keeps them from coming. It don't bother me. You know, you don't have to pray out loud. You don't even have to. You know, I, I, I told one of our ladies, they don't, you don't even have to kneel on the floor to sit in the pew. But it's, I'm just showing people, listen, you know, I'll, I'm just coming and I'm just going to show people that I love the Lord. And I'm going to, whether I'm sitting, whether I'm kneeling here or I'm kneeling up here, it's not about anyone else. It's just between me and God. And I'm just showing that I'm thankful. Listen, don't let, don't let anybody... Uh, keep you from doing what God would have you to do. Pharaoh, man, he's, it's about, everything is about to come down. And, it, it's all, and it's all in the process. And God says, one plague more. 
and then God's going to have his way. Listen, God's always going to have his way. Always. God, help us to be on the right side of that, wouldn't it, Hackman? Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Bless us, God. And help me, Lord, again to, uh, God, to preach and bring message, Lord, bring uh, honor and glory to your name. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, in this invitation, God, to, it's okay to come. God, there's not, um, there's nothing here, Lord, that, that should keep us from coming and just showing our, our gratefulness and showing our heart, Lord, that we love you. So, Lord, I, I'm thankful for our people. I thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. And, God, I pray that, uh, God, that we will understand that you're always in control. Pharaoh thinks he's in control. Uh, and Moses has come to, re, uh, to warn him one last time. But he's not going to do that. God, can I ask you to help us, Lord, when you speak our hearts to respond in a way that bring glory and honor to your name? I pray, God, that you'd please help us. Give this invitation, Lord. Speak to our hearts, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand. And...